All right. Tough question to just launch things off. Yeah. In and out or five guys? Ooh, in and out or five guys. You know, I got to go five guys. Yeah, we have both in Utah. and uh, Wait, there's In-N-Out in Utah? There's In-N-Out in Utah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know who ruined me to, to In-N-Out is Dr. Wagner because we went to In-N-Out so much that I, that I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. I am not surprised by that. In one, uh, and Five, is, five it, Guys is closer to our church, so we go there often. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We're actually getting a pretty, pretty broad... Uh, the broad spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 10 Questions with 10 Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host, Tyler Sanders. Well, uh, I'm Tyler Sanders, Director of Communications at Gateway Seminary, and I'm here with Jared Jenkins. Yep. Uh, we are at the SBC Annual Meeting in Nashville. Uh, it's a little busy on the floor today. Yes, uh, it is. But uh, we're going to have a good talk here. Jared is an elder and teaching pastor, or the teaching pastor. Yes. At yep. Risen Life Church in yep. Salt Lake City. How yep. long have you been there? Um, I've been in Salt Lake City since 1996. I've been at the church since uh, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you also just recently completed your PhD. That's correct. And what was your uh, dissertation on? <laughs> my dissertation. in the weeds. Yeah. I know. I know. It's <laughs> like every time I got to reset my mind to to talk academically. Uh, the title of my dissertation was Yahweh will raise a standard. A Comparative and Biblical Theological Analysis of Nace Imagery in the Book of Isaiah. <laughs> That's great. So the long and the short of it would be like Isaiah 11.10, where it talks about the root of Jesse raising up a standard to the nations. Gotcha. Uh, it's about that image throughout the whole book. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Wegner was a good person to study with for that, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the, uh, just a side note here, we've been recording an Isaiah podcast with oh. Dr. Wegner. Oh, so nice. Every week we've been going through uh, his commentary, basically. And he's just been blowing, blowing me out of the water. <laughs> okay, so now for the real questions. Yes, that's right. Since we've got, okay. we've got in and out five guys out of the way. Yes. And you've recently completed your doctoral work. Yes. What are you reading right now? Ooh. I'm, right now, I'm actually reading a, a book that I'm reviewing for Jets. Um, it's Joseph as a resurrection figure in, in Genesis 37 through 50. Okay. Um, I'm also reading a, a pastoral book. Uh, it's got a blue cover. I can't remember the name of it. Um, one I got from the T4G guys. Okay. And then uh, I just finished uh, Men and Women or Women in Ministry, the Kevin D. Young book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, just finished uh, Jim biography on Jim Elliot. Uh, this is a pretty broad... Uh, yeah, yeah. I like to read all yeah. sorts of things. And I'm looking for a new fiction book. So if you have any good ideas, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading Life of Pi right now. Okay. That's the fiction I'm reading. Well, nice. And it's way more gruesome survival <laughs> than the movie. <laughs> but it's pretty good. I thought it's good. A friend of mine actually animated the, uh, the parts of the tiger in that movie. Wow. Yeah, a friend of mine is all like... That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, and I'm reading my Bible. So oh, there you yeah, go. That's you good. Gotta, you I know, gotta no throw one's the actually, Jesus answer. No one's given us that answer yet. See? That's great. I'm reading my Bible. You're also the first person on the podcast with hair. I've only interviewed bald people. Well, that's a that's in the eyes of the beholder and the way I comb it. So you know. <laughs> if you looked at me from behind, <laughs> it might not be as good. Well, let's talk about preaching. Okay. So macro level, big picture, how do you prepare? 
and think about preparing like a series or, you know, like how far ahead are you thinking and how do you, how do yeah. you approach that? So we, um, me and my, our senior pastor effectively co-pastor, we go back and forth each week. Um, and so we, we set out to, uh, we actually have the whole rest of the year outlined based on things we want to work through, what we think the church uh, is needing to hear. As, as well as things we want to study ourselves and kind of develop in the culture of the church. So right now, we just had a big um, kind of, uh, oh gosh, staff change at our church. We had mm. two people that, that left and um, some new people. And so we're kind of, with COVID and everything, reorganizing. So we oh, sure. decided to do uh, the pastoral epistles this summer. So we're, we're marching through First and Second Timothy and Titus, kind of a chapter a week. Um, but the secondary part is we really wanted to um, also we're working on developing a new discipleship plan for the church. And so we thought these books would give us a good opportunity to talk about discipleship oh, sure. quite heavily. Yeah. Um, and so we sat down and we, we said, we're actually just going to go chapter by chapter this summer. Um, and then we've talked through common themes. We named it Entrusted with the Gospel. Uh, and then each week we're, we're just, we have a, a production team meeting where our worship guys, all of us get together, discuss the passage a little bit, and uh, kind of we fill them in on where we want to go. They pick music that's appropriate. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of go like that. But then we leave the preaching of it to each one of us, you know, individually to develop what we're going to say. Okay. Though we have kind of the bigger pieces in mind. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually... I, Sunday, I preached on First Timothy two, kind of a spicy passage. Yeah, and uh, I literally, when I was done preaching, walked out of the door to go catch my plane because Delta had changed my flight. So, <laughs> well, that's actually kind of my next question, and this you may have a very interesting answer since you're the way you guys co-pastor. Yeah. So, I, I guess the next thing is like the micro level. Like, how are you taking text to sermon? And, and maybe the follow-up would be like, is that different? Do you guys have different styles of how you, how you get actually to, you know, writing it out? Yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, I, we're a very exegetical church. So, we, I mean, we try to go, you know, verse by verse mainly. We'll do a topical series occasionally. Um, and so I often, I often read the passage many times over. Um, I try to outline kind of the major thought, you know, if it's a, an epistle, if it's, if it, I mean, my work has mainly been in Hebrew, so my Greek has fallen on hard times. But if it's Hebrew, I'll definitely look at a lot of the Hebrew stuff yeah. and how it's being structured. In the Greek, I try to look at, you know, major constructions or, or um, big words and understand those. And so I'll try to outline and, and make uh, find the major points that the writer's making and then, you know, make my application based on what that is for the, for the church current day. Yeah. So I mean I really follow I really try to follow the form of the text. Yeah, let the that best, define. Let it define what I'm going to do. Occasionally I'll rearrange it for re rhetorical purposes, but basically I always just kind of march right through it. Here's here's first point, here's second point, here's third point and then exegete it. Um, you know, so sorry to go on a rabbit trail here. I don't know. But when I have taught guys preaching, what what I always say is there's like for each point you have you know, you have the text you have illustration, you have application, and you have a transition. And how you arrange those objects for each point sometimes will change based on the rhetorical emphasis you're trying to make. Yeah. But everything really has to have that. You know, you got to explain yeah. it, you got to apply it, you got to tell people how to what it looks like, illustrate it, and then somehow you got to get to the next point. Yeah, those are the core elements. Those are kind of the core elements that I'm always looking to put in for each each point. Yeah. So, okay. 
What is the most difficult passage you've ever preached? Oh, good question. Was it, it may, the one you it, just it did? It may have been Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one on, you know, 1 Timothy 2 on uh, women mm. and uh, the dress of women, women's roles in the church. I mean, uh, women are safe through childbearing, you know, so. Yeah. And in our culture today, this is a very hot, hot yeah. uh, passage. And so that it, it did give me a lot of stress this week, just trying to think of how do I present this mm. in a way that's truthful and is true to the text, but in a way that can be heard in our culture yeah. um, that I don't say it offensively. So I think the presentation of this one was the hardest, not the text itself. Mm, um, yeah. I think one of the texts I also wrestled with when I preached it was uh, uh, Jephthah in, in Judges. Okay. Um, and kind of some of the things that go on there, whether he's really a good character or a bad character. Oh. Um, there's quite a bit of wrestle there. Um trying to think of another one that was pretty hard. I don't know. Those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah. Okay. In the spectrum of ministry, you know, all the responsibilities you have as a pastor, what area do you feel like this is your sweet spot? What's an area maybe that's like a growing edge or something that like you're not as into? Yeah. Uh, I, I think teaching is my primary gifting. Mm. Um, sometimes I feel I, so that would be the thing I like. I, I can dig in and work on that for hours and, and come up with something good, and it, and it usually comes off well. Um, I and think, is that distinct from preaching, or is preaching an well, element yeah, is, of that? When like, I how say, would you say that? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I am a—I think by gifting I am definitely a teacher. If I had to distinguish them, I think I'm gifted in preaching too, but I'm growing in my preaching gift. I have okay. to work harder at the rhetorical aspect of it than yeah, necessarily yeah. the content. Um, and then I think the hardest thing for me, sometimes I, I, my wife tells me I'm a little short on compassion. <laughs> so I have to, I have to work hard at, at, um, yeah. really listening to people. And I mean, I do care about people, but also just, just showing them that I care. I don't think that yeah. they often feel that for me. So I have to, I work hard at that. Yeah. 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 I like doing it, but I have to, it is something I have to work at. Yeah. Take this as seriously or not as you'd like. Yeah. What's a swing and a miss you've had in ministry? Oh, um, yeah, let's see. Um, we, uh, I mean, I've tried, you know, we, we kind of have this, this theory at our church. We always say fail fast. Mm -hmm. So fail and fail fast. So meaning we want you to try to do things, but if it fails, no big deal, get up and, and do something else. So, um, I put together some evangelism trainings at our church before that, like, no one attended, right? Um, similarly, we have put together, like, new members class and kind of we had, mm. like, a four-part new members class that I put together, like, not attended. No one will do it. Um, so, you know, we put those on the shelf and said, we'll try again some other time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's mainly been in those type of things where you're, like, you get really excited about something, you plan this event, and no one shows up, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and, and particularly, I don't know how it is in California, but in Utah, people people vote by presence. They don't ever tell you if they're coming or not, and then right. they either show up or they don't. Yeah, um, so and that's yeah. how you know if it was. And that's how you know if yeah. they they were listening or or, or cared, cared about it. Yeah, yeah. RSVP is not like a thing in Utah. You can try to get people to RSVP all day, and they won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In California, I think it's because there's so much stuff to do. That's right. There's well, a Utah lot of competition. Too. Yeah, know? there's a lot of competition. So. Yeah. What's something that you you think a pastor cannot learn in seminary? Um, 
I think how to uh, gracefully deal with conflict hmm. because uh, well, two things I think and they kind of go hand in hand gracefully dealing with content conflict and gracefully dealing with change in the church because both of them take more time than you would like as a pastor mm. uh, and so Lots of times, you know, we come out of seminary and we're like, ready, like, you see something wrong, you just want to, here's the Bible verse, we're yeah. getting this done. But in real church life, that may take weeks, that may yeah. take months, that may take years to shepherd people into the right zone where they go, okay, I see what you're saying. And so being able to live in that tension of like, I'm going to show you grace, even though we're not on the same page with this thing, and I, I don't even necessarily like what you're doing. Yeah. But we're going to show you grace until God works in your heart a little bit. Yeah. That can be really, really hard. Yeah. Now let's flip it. Okay. What do you think, what's one thing that a student has to get out of seminary? Like, if they get one thing out of their three or four years in seminary, what's that one thing? I mean, I think it's know the Bible. Mm. Like, I... And this was my own experience, this is my own passion, but I just poured everything I, I could. I took every class I could on how do I know this Bible? How do I understand it? How do I pull out from it? So hermeneutical things, how do I pull out from it what God is trying to tell us? I think that's the most important thing. That Now, there's no practical professors laying around, is there? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I think if you know the Bible, the practical stuff follows from it. You'll get it. You'll get it. And so I would say don't focus all your time on the practical parts of ministry because you get that in, through experience. Um, read all those books, right? Hear what people are saying, but know your Bible so that you can sort through what people are saying about the practical things. Mm. Yeah. That's good. If you could, if you could go back in time, like what's the advice you would give yourself your first year and like, let me be like, say like full-time ministry. <laughs> chill out <laughs> just be okay that people are not on the same page as you with what they know about the bible yeah yeah just just chill out just chill yeah <laughs> okay last that's too intense yeah well you know that's actually that's been a bit of a theme yeah i'm that's probably just being young part you of that's know. being young part of that's a good thing right channel your energy into the right things yeah Make sure you channel it into the work you're doing and not necessarily in, you know, how you're rebuking or yeah. whatever would people write. Just hold that back on that side, but channel it into, you know, your teaching development, your program development, like pour into those things of all that intensity because we need intense pastors that are intense yeah. and are moving the ball forward. But when you deal with people, take it back about 12 notches. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's my, here's my last question for yeah. you. Uh, how did you meet Jesus? Oh, how did I meet Jesus? I, um, when I, my parents had somewhat of a nominal Christian exposure growing up. They went to church on and off, stopped going at some point. When I was three years old, they were evangelized by a local Methodist minister, shared the gospel with them with my mom and, and she accepted Christ for the first time. And my dad, my mom shared the gospel of my dad over a drink <laughs> and he accepted Christ. Wow! And so we started going to church when I was about three years old. Um, and so there was a lot of spiritual awakening in our house. Mm. 
Um, and I began to ask a lot of questions. One night when I was three, I asked my mom how I go to heaven, and she shared the gospel with me. I prayed the prayer, and then it's just been a steady growth of sanctification in the church and life and who God puts in my life ever since then. Yeah. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's kind of a, you know, I wasn't a drug addict. Yeah. I didn't do anything heinous. Jesus saved me when I was young, and I've just enjoyed walking with him all this time. So. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for the podcast. I really, it, this has been great, man. It's very enlightening. Yeah, no, it's fun. Thanks for, thanks for having me.